we are here. Welcome. Welcome, one and all, to this wonderful show, this grand dream within a dream, this illusion we call RPGX Radio. Monkeyo, oh Monkeyo, wherefore art thou, Monkeyo? Deny thy players and refuse thy screen name. And See. with me, as usual, <laughs> totally nailing his Romeo and Juliet, is Skimmy. Hey, hey, oi! <laughs> oi. Oi, bro. Oi, bruv. You know better than that. What are you talking about over there? <laughs> There's no hard C around here. People are probably just now coming back from hearing a beep. With apologies to Birched, welcome to RPGX Radio. I have gotten a lot better at censoring, though. <laughs> I have been working very hard to self-censor. Yeah, we we mm. aren't as bad as I thought, but we have definitely relaxed into the roles a little more lately. <laughs> yeah, I guess we need a little bit of relaxation, but there's also a, um, a ceiling on how much we're allowed to relax. Otherwise, I'm going to be dropping f-bombs like it's uh, you know an invasion over here. So. Yeah, and, and fusion bombs are just going to be way too powerful. I meant fart bombs. Okay fart bombs. Oh, bro, uh, you, I dropped a fart bomb, bro. Are you still trying to crowbar the poop cast in? It's what the fans have been asking for, nay, demanding. And it's just my belief that we should give them what they truly, truly deserve. I am looking over the telegrams, mm -hmm. and I am seeing none of the things that you're talking about. Huh. I haven't checked my telegrams lately, so you know, maybe something about that. I'll, I'll, I'll look into my telegrams, and I'll let you know what kind of poop shows up there. Oh, jeez. But we are getting back on track. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> getting back is. on track. There it is. Your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Oh, I thought we were going to get out without one. That was the real reason you had to go, isn't it? Wasn't it? I am nothing if not a commensurate professional. <laughs> you have committed to your bits. I've been committed to my bits. Uh, but we are continuing mm -hmm. the original idea. We took a quick detour because people were interested in some general GMing device. Right. But we are going back to our sort of introduction tutorial phase of topics and so the last tutorial subject we covered was applying to a game and mm -hmm. so we covered all the pieces of that ending on that with rejection and how to handle all that and yep. so now we're coming back so now we're assuming rejection actually didn't happen you <gasps> got in <gasps> you did it you made it and kid so this whole month we are talking about how to be a player in the game we will start today with Is is that the same as being a player in the game? No, no, no. no. This is definitely an ER at the end. Oh, okay. No YA. All right, just double checking. So we are going to start today with some pregame stuff. You know, you've been accepted. What are the first steps all the way up into our first post? Mm -hmm. Then next week, we'll talk about the role play, R-O-L-E side of it. Writing posts, formatting, that kind of stuff. Get into a little more details right. on that. 
Then we'll go into the role play, R-O-L-L, or combat, as it's generally referred to as. Right. How to do your part in that. And we'll finally end on an upbeat, as we always do, as is as is tradition, and what to do when a game dies, and what to do if you need to leave a game. So, as always, leaving you yeah. at the end of every month with the most uplifting part of these conversations. I think that's the old showbiz saying, always leave them wanting. Right? That's the saying, yep. isn't it? That's exactly what it is. Yep. Right. Just always yep. leave them wanting. Yep. Always leave them. Always leave them. <laughs> always leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before we do any of that, there is something that must be done. What must be done? First. Simi? What must be done? It must be done. I there, I have no choice. It is just it. it yeah, it's, I, I have to. It's a compulsion. Are you placed under a magical compulsion where you are? And it's it's funny because our random verb of the week, <gasps> sponsored by did it's a verb it's a get verb. to you again? Oh, that the, guy. Yes, and the 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 verb is thematically appropriate because mm-hmm. the verb is obey. It's a verb's will must be obeyed. You do not have the luxury of free will. One of us. Uh, It's a verb pays me good money, so I'm willing to give him that plug now and then. Sure. (laughs) All right. So you're going to give us a sentence using that verb? Other than the one that I just gave you, where I said that it's a verb's will must be obeyed. Yeah. No, that was it. Obey was a verb. I thought that was the thesis statement of the segment. Sure, it was, but it also functioned as the, as the thing. Oh well, that was like normally... the time in that was like the time in Scrabble when someone told me that "wrapped" was not a word, R A P T, and they said, "I said yes, it is." They said, "Use it in a sentence." Okay, "wrapped" is a word. Yeah, you know, <laughs> thesis statement, functional use, accurate, uh, like grammatically correct. I don't know. I think what tripped me up is that normally. Mm-hmm. Edric the Bard makes some kind of appearance in your sentence, so always leave them wanting. Uh, always leave. <laughs> oh, <it's> just, always <laughs> <laughs> got to streamline it. Get it down to the basics. <laughs> always. <laughs> so, so <laughs> let's let's smoothly, smooth as silk, segue into some of the pregame tasks once you've been accepted into a game. Right. What is the first thing you do as a player in a newly accepted game? First thing that you have to do is the acceptance victory dance. That's what you're talking about, right? Where you read the post that indicates that you are one of the accepted players, or you get the PM that says you've made the cut and you are one of the accepted players. So at that point, you step away from the screen for a moment. Right hand goes up, left hand goes out, maximum extension. Lift up one knee. You know which knee I'm talking about. Shimmy, shimmy, side, side step. You got to do this motion with your arms, and then you give it three pelvic thrusts. Drop your shoulders, snap, wink and a gun. You're done. All right, and and I, we all clearly saw exactly how to do that. I'm, it is I'm now pretty, your responsibility sure, yeah. as listeners to do that every time you're accepted. If you weren't doing it before now, I'm gonna have to ask you to quietly and in shame resign from whatever games you're in until you properly accept your your place in. Or you can record some like quick TikTok videos or something. Yeah, do yourself doing TikToks of the uh, yes of the acceptance. Yes, record dance. yourself doing karaoke to Kesha's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Or or it's not okay. Yep, 
the acceptance the acceptance dance. I want to see now, that. Now I I put on traditional traditional victory music of you're the best around. Okay. Cuz nothing's going to ever bring me down. I use cheap tricks reach out, which is a bit of a deeper cut, but if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever purchased the soundtrack to 1981's Heavy Metal, then you know what I'm talking about. You you right there. You you know what I'm talking about. And and I have to play that because I have to drown out the actual soundtrack in my brain of Mad World when someone decides that like I am the person they want. I'm like, well, something's weird. Yeah. <laughs> All around me. Yeah, my um my signature for a while was uh, a parody of Groucho Marx. I wouldn't want to be a member of any game that would take me. Or yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want to play in any game that would have me as a member. Basically, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I wouldn't want to play in any game that would have you either. It's like, do you not have standards? I applied. That was really a test for you. You failed. Your punishment <laughs> is me. I'm in your game. Now. I wanted to play, no, but you no should know better that. than to accept me. No one wanted this. No one deserved this. <laughs> you you don't understand the pain and torture that you have unleashed it's by a, doing this. It's a what about Bob situation. I'm part of your life now. <laughs> Baby steps into your heart. <laughs> Baby so, steps all over your plot. <laughs> and anytime you give me a part of the to to act in the in the story, mmm, mm, <laughs> this is so good. Oh, I should put that on the list for bonus things to do next sometime. <laughs> please, don't. it is. Please it's don't. such a great movie. <laughs> it's one that my. It's the only thing. Yeah, no, no. It's one of the only things that my family can agree on is really? amazing. <laughs> Yeah, okay. and we we will we will we will drive each other insane quoting it at times. Okay. Yeah, because someone will get it in their head that like yeah, it's a what about Bob time, and then the mm stuff happens mm. all the time, and the baby step stuff, and yep, it's <laughs> it's an experience. What if and someone... if anyone has been on the Discord, they understand that my family is insane. <laughs> It's important to find those shared overlapping bits of insanity that you can appreciate together, isn't it? Isn't that what family's about? Yeah, sure. But we're not here to talk about my insanity. Mm. We're here to talk about general insanity of playing games. Yeah, I don't play role-playing games so that I can engage with my family. So let's move on. I'm getting away from them. All right. So after you've done the traditional dance. dance. Yeah. Um, well, typically you've been directed to where to go. The GM should be indicating where's the forum. Um, at that point, you're probably about to start putting some uh, character sheets up. If you haven't already figured out the mechanics, then you're going to take that moment to uh, put together a character sheet. Maybe confer with other players who have been accepted to see if there's some way you can uh, um, merge your backstories. I always find like merged backstories or overlapping backstories where there's a di direct connection between characters just makes it that much easier for you to get into play and for the GM not have to have you all meet in a tavern, you know, regardless of the setting, because that gets a bit played out. Character sheet, character backstory, I think that's your next step. Yeah, I tend to, the first thing I do is hop into the out-of-character thread and say, hey, I'm looking forward to playing with everyone. After I've, of course, gone through and reviewed everyone else who was accepted, if that's available. Right. And seen what everyone's playing to see if everything there's overlap, see if there were connections I was already thinking about, things like that. But generally, it's pop into the OOC thread and say, hi, looking forward to playing with you, can't wait to get started. 
And then... I can't wait to win! I can't wait to beat you all to the treasure! Doing the mechanics, finalizing the mechanics. Hopefully, Not that for part. me, usually, that's mostly done. It's just put it in a character sheet at that point. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of us are, you know, if you're a veteran player, you've probably made a billion characters by now in various different settings. You maybe even, if you're old school, you may have a binder full of uh, ready-made characters. Uh, you know, the actual act of creating the character itself mechanically usually doesn't take that long. Unless you're one of those weird obsessives who spends 16 days just reading up on every possible permutation of fighter, you know. <laughs> well, and at this I'm point, a lot of the systems. <laughs> no, no, we're not pointing any fingers <laughs> at anyone. Not at anyone. And and if you're if you're one of those people who wants to be good at a certain thing, but you're not fluent in the mechanics as much as you want, there are so many guides and stuff that are great as resources. And I will say, I would highly encourage you to never look at a guide and play the way the guide tells you, but to use the guides as <clears throat> guides to help you build what you want. Because guides are there, like you kind of said earlier, to help you win. And that's not the point of role-playing. And if it, Not to beat the other yeah. players, but to yeah. achieve the objective of the, of the game. And, and a lot of times I've found... If you focus too much on what a guide says is best to do, you're losing the heart of the character. Conan, what is best in life? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You, it's I don't want to spend too much time on mechanics because that's only a part of the character. Uh, and even if you have difficulty with mechanics, even that OOC, even that out-of-character thread for that game is not a bad place to go because chances are some of the other people you'll be playing with are probably more experienced than you, and you can always oh, ask yeah. them for uh, their advice if you're uncertain, and maybe they can help you shape something that is relevant or pertinent to the game that you're playing. And, you and I've I've helped many a player that they'll they'll say, "Hey, I'm looking to build this kind of person," mm -hmm. and unless they they say they have it all figured out, I'm usually chiming in with, "Hey, you know, I I don't know what you've already considered, but here are some things that I've used in the past. If you want help, I'm happy to dig things up because I." And one of those weirdos, and and yes, I'm I'm okay calling you a weirdo, yeah. who enjoys mechanics a yeah. lot. I I enjoy it a lot, and it is a weird thing in a game really centered around storytelling, playing a character and telling a story. Yeah. to be very into the mechanics, but I like the mechanics on my end, sure, because they inform the way I role play. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we've said it before. The, there's no one way to play a role playing game. Well, right. I mean, there is, I mean, but we have to, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's the it's the quote. There is no, there's no right, right way. way. Asterix, except our way is the right way. Yeah, I mean, but Birch, this is Birch required Birch by specifically law to told us. Birch specifically told us there's no one right way to play the game. So therefore, that is the line that we are obligated to maintain. At least to to pair it back to you, yeah. whether it's true or not. Mm -hmm. Well, no, you do but, have to say that. <laughs> but I mean, some people are, you know, some people get more fun out of the mechanics. Some people get more fun out of the storytelling. As long as those people are willing to put up with the other person's nonsense, then yes. I think you're going to be okay as a group. Right? As long as you can put up with those people who just want to tell a story and 
play a character like or, or those even... people who would be content apparently doing math on a basically a modified spreadsheet uh those weirdos <laughs> but uh yeah you can talk to those other people in your thread they may be able to help you it's a good idea to try and get on relatively communicative if not good terms with those people if you're going to be playing together it wouldn't hurt to not be antagonistic with them you know definitely say, hey this is me hi and hopefully <laughs> You you've also have an idea of the role you're trying to fill or yeah. the things your character is supposed to to be good at. That way you can inform everyone else. That way, if someone else was eyeing that as a role as well, yeah, but hadn't said it or they definitely know they want that, you can start that dialogue because this is the last chance you have to make the character into who they're going to be. And if you make it into someone that yeah. someone else is as well. You're not going to have fun because you just have two people trying to fill the same role and you're going to frustrate everyone around you. Like if you want to think of it in terms of filmmaking, the application was your audition, but nothing is on camera yet. This is you preparing your character for the big show, right? So you have a good way to think of it. You have a, a bit of leeway now. You have an idea that you initially came in the door with. Now is your time to tweak it to make sure that it actually fits uh, mechanically and thematically with the story that you're going to tell as well as integrates appropriately with the other characters and that doesn't you mean can also that think of it like as long but uh, sorry, as a yeah. first draft of a of writing where you know the no, general shape no, you is going to be this no you think of it the way i said it's an audition pause for deleting key monkey no i will not be <laughs> silenced <laughs> Because the general shape probably should stay what it is. Like, if you say you want to play the elf fighter who wields a dagger and grapples people with one hand and stabs them to death with the other. Have you been looking at my character applications? (laughs) Then you don't want to then hop into the game and say, hey, thanks for accepting me. I'm a gnome bard who only steals things from people. It's That's not, not what you were accepted as. Yeah, no, and it's not to say you cannot radically change it. But you, exactly. But there has to be a really valid justification for why you would make a radical change at this point. And that's that's something like yeah. someone else was accepted who has a similar concept, and you work with the DM to figure out who's going to play what. And always, when making radical changes from acceptance to game, always include the game master. Yep, 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 yep. 182%. Absolutely. Never, never assume it's just okay to radically change your character. And I say this now with new perspective, because I'm running an in-person game. Yeah. And from session zero, where I, everyone decided what they were going to play, to <laughs> session one, All right. this guy went through and emailed me at least twice a day and had two or three different characters in each email saying he's going to change to this, he's changing to that, what do you think about doing this? And I don't think he really cared what I thought, because I would say, do this, or I think this is the right direction based on everything you're saying, and he would then say, up, oh, I've changed to this. Up, oh, I'm changing to this, how do you think about this? Yeah. And he went through more characters in two weeks after having a lot of time to decide what he was going to do than I have, I think, in all my time on RPG Crossing. It's okay to have variant ideas, and it's okay to be excited about all those ideas, but remember that other people are building their story around your character, 
And the more you change it, the more work they have to do to accommodate it. Which is, again, not to say you cannot change, but provide justification and help ease that change if you can. And there are some players who get a lot of their joy in gaming from filling a certain role or filling an unfilled role. So if you're constantly changing what you're doing, you're switching what roles you can cover, which also means that this person who enjoys filling in the gaps is also having to constantly tweak and adjust to stay in that game. Because you're now you're creating a lot of turmoil that spreads to everyone. And DMs also like to plan for what you're capable of doing. And if you're changing your character concept or even just the mechanics of your character constantly, they can't pre-plan. So like in my case, I had two weeks to prep for this next session. I could never prep for this character's involvement because I didn't know what he was going to be able to do yeah, until yeah. I showed up to the game. And he's like, oh, by the way, I'm now not a not an oracle like I just told you yesterday and changed my curse four times and my archetype twice yesterday. I'm now a druid. I'm an acrobat and, ha- <laughs> and an octopus. <laughs> and, and so it's like I had no problem with him playing the character that made him happy. Yeah, for sure. But I wanted him to decide on that character in the outline time frame yeah. because everyone had the same amount of time and he was the only one who couldn't. So as a DM, I'm letting you know, that kind of stuff is very frustrating. It can be, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But don't take away that if you have a different idea or if you're feeling unsatisfied, not to reach out to your DM. I'm saying, if you're going to do that, have a good idea of where you want to go. That way you're not frustrating the people around you. And recognize if you've changed your mind more than once, each each successive time, the difficulty check will get higher. Right. It, oh, that's perfect. That is so, perfect. Let's talk about it in RPG terms. Yeah. Your, your DC to make the, the check to change your character goes up each time you try it, and you should really consider whether it's important that you change or not. Because eventually you're going to get to a stage where you're going to fail that check, and the GM is going to say, look, you don't know what character you want to play so I don't know how to accommodate you in this game, so maybe this isn't the right game for you. Mm-hmm. And we don't want that to happen, which is why you're yeah. here listening to us right now, right. because we have the, all, the, all answers. the answers for Every you. Every one of the answers. <laughs> I'm glad we were right on the same page for that. Everything that approved beautiful. by Birch from the top on down. Yep. Everything we say is explicitly the mm-hmm. site opinion. Yes. That is exactly the truth. And Birch is absolutely not sweating and pooping himself right now and listening to us. I'm, I'm, I'm putting you on notice, KM. Stop bringing up Poopcast. Clamoring. There has been clamoring, <laughs> is all I'm saying. That is your number two warning. Whoa, I see what you did there. Very droll. <laughs> so let's assume that you've got the mechanics worked out, you've got your character figured out, You've started talking with the other players. Yep. You like, I, you've told me that, and, and everyone else, I guess, as mm. well, and whatever, that you like trying to integrate your character with other characters. I what do, yeah. What sort of ways do you go about that? Is it just kind of picking points in history or, like, determining battles? Like, what do you do? I mean, a lot of that'll be intuitive, because if I have a backstory where I'm uh, a pirate and a smuggler, and you have a backstory where your character is uh, a prince who is fleeing from uh, a a revolution, you have uh, just sort of uh, instinctive knowledge or instinctive uh, moments where you can say, oh, well, maybe you needed to smuggle you out 
and you couldn't do it through above board means, so you look for a pirate or someone who could take you out under the cover of night. You know, you'll have moments in a story where you can say, this logically kind of brushes up against yours. Maybe there's a chance for interplay there. And it just makes it so our characters now have a an element of shared history, either immediate or in the past, where when they meet each other again or they begin the story, they can say, hey, I know you. And you just kind of bypass that stage of needing to go through the motions of introducing a character. You can sort of take for granted that you know enough elements about that person. And it just sort of makes the initial steps of the game that much quicker to get into the plot of the story, right? So you're looking for points of natural confluence. doesn't really matter how or the why. It just, as long as it makes sense for them to have just kind of naturally crossed paths. I feel that like that is going to kind of come up on its own through the storytelling. Like, there will be characters where it can't happen, you know, just if your or- right. origins are too divergent, then it makes less sense. It's more of a strain on credulity that they would overlap, but, you know, you look for those moments where it could. Yeah. Abandoned as a child, living alone in the caves, darkness was my only friend, the wolves saw me as one of their own and as their enemy. I was a mage in the carnival, <laughs> and I had all kinds of friends and popcorn. <laughs> and then those two characters meet each other. What? They, there's no confluence there. I don't know. There's Wolfie Cave Boy and Popcorn Mage from the maybe circus. You, maybe, maybe you found out that the wolves liked popcorn, and that led you to the cave, and you tried to start a wolf act, and maybe. the cave boy had to save you from the feral wolves. See, Boom! I mean, did it! There's always a possibility. <laughs> I mean, some of them, it'll be a bit more of a stretch, sure, but... Right. I I tend to like finding some minuscule detail or some either, I guess... I like to find some kind of uh, point in another character's story Yeah. where they have either in the story itself or, like, in the mechanics. Because, again, I like mechanics. So if they have profession cook, I'm like, hey, maybe... Maybe we don't really know each other, but I hit on your character once when I came to your tavern, or I I complained about the food there. And so, like, I like to, instead of mm-hmm. being connected inherently, I like to be more of a memory in someone's character. Right? That way, yeah, when we meet next time, it's like... Oh, it's, that guy. Oh, yeah. All he did was yes. complain about the fish all night long. Yeah. <laughs> well, if your fish had been fresh caught on the streams of Magnamar, I wouldn't even have cared. <laughs> Look, you're a dwarf. What do you know about proper <laughs> methods of cooking? You just sort of hit everything with rock salt and you're satisfied with it. Everyone knows dwarves don't like horses. <laughs> <laughs> don't you have the sense to be afraid of a horse? <laughs> <laughs> so i mean yeah but that's still just a natural uh confluence where there's a possible overlapping overlapping doesn't have to be uh friendly or positive it could just be like shared experiences of a negative variety as well so i think you're right. saying kind of the same thing just looking at it i, from I think they're similar aspects. i think it's an, the other side of it where like it sounds like when the yeah. way you described it at least it sounds like you look at the story and say oh it might make sense for our stories to have crossed here where i'm right. looking more at like a skill that someone has yeah or okay. a specialty that way i can relate to them on a different level when i re-meet them because i like yeah i also like that just meeting kind of thing but i also like to get over the hump of suspicion yeah yeah because that's what really trips up a game early on 
and everyone's here, being guarded because they don't know the other character, which rationally right. makes sense, but in terms of a story, does not help uh, advance the plot. That that is definitely something we should should hit in the pregame yeah. section. Is that you have to balance telling a story and playing a game with a group of other people. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely okay to play suspicion and to play caution, mm-hmm. but as a player, you have to remember you are going to be a group. So even if it wouldn't yeah. naturally make sense for you guys to to move together early on, mm-hmm. you need to find a way to say yes. The GM can help with that as well. Um, Definitely the GM can help, but as a player, to, yeah. if, the, if the players are fighting it, and you, this, is, this is one of those places where you, saying that your character would do that is an easy out, and it's also the slimiest way to get out of responsibility yeah yeah find the reason your character wouldn't do the thing that is hard on the game rather than finding the easy way your character would react yeah is i think my biggest suggestion here in the early and the first type of stuff yeah for sure for sure absolutely because i think the thing we are missing in play by post most uh i shouldn't say most many in real life games are played by groups of friends Right. Mm -hmm. So people who already know each other, that's sort of the traditional um, mode that Dungeons and Dragons at least comes from where you're playing this game with your friends, your friends that you already have a rapport with. So you can be antagonistic, but as characters, but your players themselves are still knowingly working towards a goal together, whereas playing by post. Odds are you're going to be playing with people that you either don't know well or have never played with before. So you don't have that initial player rapport, and therefore you have to work much harder to have the characters develop that um, outside of the relationship that you guys would already have in real life. Which is where things like the RPG Crossing Discord can be helpful. Go to Discord. And your your out-of-character thread can be hugely helpful. Go to you the can OOC develop. thread. And then something that I think I've talked about a few times now is prelude story thread so instead of just saying our characters met at this point you two go write about it while everyone else is kind of working on getting things ready to go or you know even if you don't write out a full role play of you two meeting on the docks write out i think this would have happened okay then i think my character would have done this which would have been these things happening and it takes the dm out of it it allows you two to figure out how things would have worked and develop rapport as players and as characters and you can invite other people in. Oh, hey, there's a there's a half dragon dude over there. Hey, um, are you looking for passage? Well, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> and and the character moves on. So like you can fold people in in different ways. And I think that is ultimately super helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, prelude threads. I can see that. I, you know, I don't think I've ever done one myself as a player, but I certainly have done them as DMs. So yeah, I, I think that if more players could do that. Honestly, it's it's a lot easier for a GM if the players can pick up some of that storytelling work initially just to get stuff off the uh, off the starting blocks for sure. And I know we're not talking about game mastering stuff, GM and DM stuff, but where do you fall on player private threads? I feel that in some games it's more appropriate than others. Okay, um, so it's not a blanket yes or no in no, either case. No. For example, um one back in back in the olden days back in the old days i played a vampire game on uh on D online games before it became rpgx um b 
because I knew they were going to be in separate threads in some cases, and by the very nature of vampire, I felt that it would be appropriate for them to have their own private threads. Because Vampire is one of those games where it's a lot about social or uh, political backstory uh, or like backroom dealing and stuff like that, right? Right. So keeping characters separate makes a certain degree of sense. Flip side, I'm currently playing a werewolf game. Werewolves themselves are described in the books as pack animals, just like wolves. So they're intended to be very social creatures. Uh, So my goal there was to not have private threads so that the information is shared and i trust the players not to metagame because it's more appropriate to a werewolf type setting so yeah there's no blanket answer it really does depend on the type of game that you're playing and the type of characters that you're running like if you want a politically charged game or a, an espionage type game private threads are a good way to do that if you want your standard D stuff or a storytelling game where there is a strong push towards cohesive action, then uh, I recommend not having private threads. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good good thing. And and really look at how the DM is suggesting you use a private thread because it can be an easy place to just drop everything and yeah. a DM may only want certain things in there but may also be okay with other things occasionally. And I've seen it before where someone uses a private thread as their communication thread with the DM only, and that creates kind of a disjunction between them and the party yeah. because they're they're communicating through one channel while everyone else is communicating through a different channel sometimes. It's kind of like if you are playing D&D in real life and someone keeps taking the DM out of the room to talk about something. Right. I mean, right. you may not know what they're talking about. In, in play-by-post, you may not know initially that they're talking, but eventually it'll start to become apparent that someone else is talking on, to the DM on a different level. Um, and it kind of ruins the sense of camaraderie or joint storytelling if someone feels like they're running their own separate game within the right. game. I, I think I, the, the main takeaway here is community-driven changes and play style is is really very important just in general and even more important in play by post because your interaction channel is so much more narrow than at a tabletop with four five other people yeah i mean in tabletop you wouldn't have that private option not really and any private discussion like taking the gm out of the room would be immediately noted by the other players and thus you'd probably be less likely to overuse it Right. Yeah. But I think anything else when it comes to getting it started? Oh, your first post. Yeah, I wanted to cover this a little bit because yeah. you've you you'll have a description of your character in your wherever the DM asks you to put up your app from that was accepted mm-hmm. and that you finalize. I I think it's also important in your first post to react to whatever the DM kind of gives you to play off of in the in the beginning, yeah. but also to, to use that as an opportunity to give everyone else a view of your character. That way, in-game, they quote-unquote see your character. So yeah. if they walk a certain distinctive way, if they have a certain distinctive style, if they're wearing anything that stands out, all those little things that are, are immediately visible, that's where you put them. That way you don't have to constantly feel like you're 
adding to what the player does, the character does later. That way you can yeah. always be like, oh yeah, he, he definitely walks this way. Like I put in this first post, or you can just say he, he swaggers up rather than, oh, he takes a step and swings his hips from side to side. And like, you can, you can rely on the fact you've already set the picture. Yeah. And speaking of pictures, if you have a character image that you want, I would say by all means, post it in your initial post. Please refrain from posting it in every post that you make. Yeah, I I would say that's generally a no no. Some DMs might be okay with it, and those those GMs are wrong. Sorry, no. D- double check your 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 GMs uh, requested whatevers yeah. to make sure they don't have any specific rules about that because some don't want any images in player posts, and that's it's fine. Fair enough. It's their game; they're allowed to say that. But yeah, if you have a picture that is right, not like. You know, hey, I want you imagine this robot, but it's a human and it's wearing robes, not metal armor. Like make sure okay. it's actually representative <laughs> yeah. of your character. Maybe you should look for a different picture cuz that <laughs> the robot except it's a human and cloak instead of wings and the gun is a sword. You're basically asking me to <laughs> look at a whole different picture than the one you're showing. Maybe that's, you know, hit up MS Paint, dude. Just give us uh, 20 minutes of work, and I'm sure you'll come up with something that's more appropriate than this uh, cyber commando for our fantasy game. And I'm not saying you can't use something that's super close but has a has a slight difference, but make sure it's, it's close enough yeah. that you can feel the character from the picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then, yeah, like King Monkey said, you want to not put that in every post because... That will drive it starts, people nuts, yeah. and it slows yeah. down the loading of a page and all that good stuff. It gets tedious. Uh, also, people may be looking at it on their phones, and that'll often mm-hmm. break the break oh, everything. So that's horrible. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, make sure you're using an image that you are allowed to use. I don't think anyone really goes into that. Eh? Like the internet, we kind of assume I, that image is on Google Images, so therefore I'm allowed to use it. But that's well, not always you, the case. I think in, in, in that case, you are basically allowed to use any image that's on the internet. You just have to appropriately link it. It's like having a, yeah, fair a bibliography. As long as you link back to the original source, you're yeah. using it for creative use, and that's acceptable. You have to source it if you yeah. do that. Yeah. I don't think anyone really discusses that or thinks about that much. Yeah. yeah. It's me. a good point. It's a good point. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I don't think, you know, I'm thinking back. I don't really have a lot of images on my character threads. I'm thinking back right now, and I can't think of a single image I've used for an RPGX character. I've seen tons of them, but I don't think I've ever used one myself. I always run into the problem of it's almost right, but not quite. And so then I want it to be right. Yeah. And I, I either spend hours trying to get it right and fail yeah. or... I will try and be okay with it being just a little wrong and fail. <laughs> <laughs> so you're better off just not even, not even giving most it. of the times. Yeah. Or I get it where I think it's right, and then I see it in the right context, and I'm like, "Oh, that looks horrible," and I take it off. Yeah, I I have a couple that I've I convinced myself I was okay with, and I still think about them every once in a while on Twitch because I'm like, "It's I not shouldn't quite done that. Right. Why did I do that? It's, it's, it's so it's, stupid. It wasn't right." <laughs> Yeah. Like one, I had a healer who was in all white, and the best I could do was it was like this leather pleather armor stuff. And I'm like, it's 
basically this. Just imagine cloth instead of this Matrix-style white leather. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything else works for me, though. <laughs> you know what I've been doing lately is uh, using Art Breeder. Art Breeder. It's, You've talked about that a few yeah, times. Yeah. It's only portraits, though. It's not like full characters. I mean, they have a full character generator thing, but it's not... I, I, it's a bit weird because it's a neural net kind of thing dealing with um, melding images to come up with something unique. It's great for faces. Uh, so it's come, it's good to come up with, uh, in my case, NPCs that look like people um, that are very close to what I am envisioning. So as a character portrait, I could see that being very useful as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll have to play around with that a little bit. That looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then as far as like site stuff goes, you're going to be using the character sheets like we've talked about. It's hard to cover character sheets without covering a system, so maybe we'll dive into those a little more when we yeah. do a series on systems by themselves. Maybe I'll make King Monkey fill out a sheet as I tell him how to use a system that he doesn't know how to use. That sounds great. I love to fill out forms. <laughs> He'll do his favorite part of role-playing, which is the math. <laughs> did I tell you did I tell you that I used to own the Mega Traveler books and I never played a single goddamn game of that? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you how much I love math and role playing. I do have a standing invitation <laughs> to a D&D 4E game now though oh, that yeah? I will have to take advantage of at some point. Sure, tactical board yeah. gaming. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's you, it, I'm I'm looking forward to trying yo, it. Yo dog, I heard you like math in your role playing. So <laughs> For sure. And I mean, give it a try. We talked about that back in the day in the podcast here. You'll have to give it a shot and then tell me what your uh, overall impression of the whole of the whole uh, game is. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll even schedule a time because and and have a talk with the actual GM about it, my experience and then relate that to you and put the thing in there and we'll make it we'll make a clip show out of it. Sure. <laughs> Just make sure to tell him that he's only allowed to say the good stuff about you. Well, I'm, I'm doing the editing so I can. He'll Fair say whatever enough. I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you took up words and just spliced them into random sentences. Is that? No, that's the way he talks? Okay. All right. Yeah, no, he definitely always talks that way. Sammy was great. I loved having him in my game. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, definitely didn't go find a naturally speaking AI online and input the lines I needed him to say. <laughs> definitely didn't do that. I definitely, definitely have not spent any time playing around with that to see how natural I can make it sound. Fantastic. <laughs> you said definitely a number of times, so therefore you obviously must be telling the truth. Uh, obviously. I mean, nobody can say definitely that often without it being true. It's a law. Right? It's a law. <laughs> but I think, I think it's time. Is it time? It's time <gasps> for Adventure Assemble! <laughs> wow, that sounds better than any of the stuff I've done. Didn't know I could do that, did you? <laughs> that I was honestly, amazing. man, I've been playing so many role-playing games since I was a kid. I watched so many <laughs> cartoons and I did so many voices. Yeah, robot voices, monster voices, alien voices. I do them unbidden when it's least appropriate all the time. I I actually even found another section mm -hmm. that we can use for this this uh setting. So Roll 2d6, and that'll be one part of it, and then you'll roll them again. You okay? 2d6, huh? I've got that. 3 plus 4 is 7. 3 plus okay, 4 so is 7. 3 
three is broken lands, cracked lands, so like a dried okay. area. And then four, well, that sucks. That says forest. So what we have here is a forest in oh. a zone that had tremendous active earthquakes at one point. So it left huge crevices and canyons or like... Um, okay, yeah. Something we like could that. do that. I, I also was imagining possibly like one of those standard wastelands where it's the the brown cracked clay ground with right. the the withered rotted trees see i was i was thinking the other way where you've got a think of that brown cracked earth on a much larger size scale and you've got okay. forest everywhere and then you've got trees that fell down in the cataclysm and then they just sort of started growing out sideways in these large cracks in the earth here and there what about yeah. What about we go sort of avatar style where you instead of like so a the whole world, world is broken up into into like chunks okay. and the, and they're forested chunks. What about that? You like that? Except instead of floating free out in outer space and just magically drifting, what if they're still in the um, magma core? Like the 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 sort of magma uh, beneath the mantle of the earth. Oh. So you've still got these little so floating like the core broken is lands, but the, uh, down there it's not just air; it's lava. I like that. Yes. Heat, it's like a mile away, so you, the heat is not not a, an issue. But and you have to knock over a tree at the right time to bridge these gaps between the land points because they're all floating, moving around. Mm-hmm. And when one gets close enough, you knock a tree over, you rush across and hope you don't fall in the time. Cause these yeah. are huge, like rainforest style trees that are hundreds of uh, feet high or, you know, tens of meters high. You got to yeah. knock them down and, okay. I like that. I'm going to, and there are people who have that. made it a, a, made a living of sort of throwing these lo- trees and fastening them as best they can, creating semi-permanent attachments between some of the broken islands. I know you intended this to be a quick setup, but <laughs> we seem no, to be I going like a little this. bit more in-depth here. This is great. It's Yeah, it's supposed to be a, all right, forested islands, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we keep getting more into these things. But now I need you to roll those 2d6 again because I found another thing we can look at. You know what? I'm going, to pick a tip, I'm going to pick two different d6s. It's I don't the care. The pink one and the black one. <laughs> Because these are one landmarks. One plus one is two. So one and a two? No, one plus one. I got a one right. and a one. Oh, you rolled a one and a one. Which is two. Okay. Yeah. Well, in this case, your your, your two D6s are, run, are functioning as a D66. Gotcha. Because my numbers are 11 through 66. Um, and a one and a one are is an ancient structure that may still function. Oh. <gasps> Ooh, I like. I got some ideas already. Oh, cool, okay. cool, cool, cool. Okay, let All me write right. this down. Ancient structure, which may still function. Function leads me to think of almost machinery or uh, computers. Could be, could be. But now I gotta have you do one more. Well, maybe one more. We'll see how many. Hopefully, you don't roll the. Okay, wait. So now I gotta do. We've got forest. We have. Yeah, we'll have to do forest. All right. So eighty-two. All right. Roll. What am I rolling? Wait, hold on. That's a, a die, a... presumably. Am I rolling Hi, a die? Go. D20. D20. Taking the pink one. For a forest encounter. 18. One Ooh. eight. 18. Ooh. A Ooh. pilgrim. A pilgrim, you say? Yes. And he's under attack, so roll again. Another oh, D20? Yep. One. That's always good in Dungeons and Dragons when you roll a one. Under attack by elves. Hmm savage elves 
You know what? I think this world that Etric the Bard lives in, elves are evil. <laughs> yeah, they're they're savage and manipulative, a cannibalistic society. Because cause the first time we saw elves, they were trying to steal Seawalk technology. Yep. The second time... They wanted the nymph's treasure. That was the third time. To, oh, that was the third time. What was the second time? Second time was you done. Were they were they dealing with the uh, the, the the marauders who were after our opium? I I, well, was Zordlan an elf? I don't know. I don't remember if Zordlan was. An I elf. don't think we had any elves in that one. No. But then, but then in the in the third in in the nymphs they were they were trying to steal trying to, yeah manipulating dwarves uh, with the threat of creating a civil war in order to and get now they're treasure. apparently un- attacking pilgrims a pilgrim i think elves are our big bad of this setting that we're creating as we go yeah i can see that cool manipulative and conniving where they're willing to steal treasures and steal uh technologies to to serve the elven cause yeah yeah so maybe as we get to the end of edric's story we'll we'll find out something real big going on But it's interesting. that's not today. No. It's kind of interesting how it all kind of fall, falls together, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I also like the idea that elves, without being specifically the dark elves. Oh, yeah. Know, the, elves the, have always kind of been jerks anyway. They're kind of like haughty and arrogant, but never truly, not typically truly bad. Yeah, more like bad just because they're they're just accidentally jerks. bad. They're just jerks. Yeah, like, Unless they're the, uh, the subterranean BDSM elves of the dro, but... Yeah, that's not. Uh, wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? There. What? Did you call? Did you call so? them the dro? What are you talking about? Did you call yeah. them dro? Dro. Yeah. Not drow. No, not drow. Dro. Well, you're wrong. It's drow. Oh boy. Oh. Anyway, before this escalates out of control. Ooh, <laughs> Actually, you I've know what? Stop semi- right now. Stop right now. <laughs> I'm looking it up on Wikipedia, <laughs> and it says it's either pronounced drow or dro. Well, that's not right. useful at all. It's pronounced drow. <laughs> or dro. Apparently but both it, of them but are drow is But dro was put first means it's the right one. They put the other one there because someone else came in and edited it. Well, yeah, I guess we can't really rely on Wikipedia for any uh, definitive. What uh, kind of world are we living in when Wikipedia isn't reliable? Okay, well, obviously we're going to have to do some research. Who invented dro? Who? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Let's see. No, I'm fine. The official second edition Dro handbook states it rhymes with cow and how. That's also the way it's pronounced in Baldur's Gate 2. Drow. Drow. Boom! Boom! Except I like this guy's comment because he it's just text, but it's like, Drow, that's insane. It's Dro. And, he, you know, I love, I love a good written joke where it doesn't work if you say it out loud. Well, mm. I think... I'm very upset. I have been I right. King Monkey has been wrong. I don't know and what to make of this. I'm, I'm we done. <laughs> very, very uneasy about this whole <laughs> turn of events. I don't know if we can continue this part. You know, I'm I was relying on your ineptitude to cover my own. <laughs>